Alright folks, this one's about optics from Britannica. I think optics has a lot to do with uh, shamanism and all this shit, but I'll just read. Optics, science concerned with the genesis and propagation of light that changes the changes that it undergoes and produces and other phenomena closely associated with it. There are two major branches of optics, physical and geometrical. Physical optics deals primarily with the nature and properties of light itself. Geometrical optics has to do with the principles that govern the image forming properties of lenses, mirrors, and other devices that make use of light. It also includes optical data processing, which involves the manipulation of the information content of an image formed by coherent optical systems. Originally, the term optics was used only in relation to the eye and vision. Later, as lenses and other devices for aiding vision began to be developed, these were naturally called optical instruments and the meaning of the term optics eventually became broadened to cover any application of light even though the ultimate receiver is not the eye but a physical detector such as a photographic plate or a television camera I'm telling you our, our heads are cameras basically with a processor inside it in the 20th century, optical methods came to be applied extensively to regions of the electromagnetic radiation spectrum not visible to the eye, such as X-rays, ultraviolet, infrared, and microwave radio waves. And to this extent, these regions are now often included in the field of optics. It's interesting because optics really is, if you think about it, the study of energy. I mean, light is a form of energy, really. Light, sound, it's all vibrations. <clears throat> In the present article, the image-forming properties of lenses, mirrors, and other devices that make use of light are considered. The wave and quantum nature of light is light, its velocity, wavelength, polarization, diffraction, and interference may be found in light. The analysis of energy into its component colors by prisms and gratings forms the basis of the extensive field of spectro spectroscopy, the principles of which are discussed in spectroscopy. For information about the reception of light by the retina of the eye and the interpretation of images by the brain, see eye and human. Alright, geometrical optics. General considerations. The optical image may be regarded as the apparent reproduction of an object by a lens or a mirror system employing light as a carrier. The entire image is generally produced simultaneously as by the lens in a camera, but images may also be generated sequentially by point-by-point -point scanning, as in a television system or in the radio transmission of pictures across long distances in space. I mean, think about all the technology we have, like radio and sonar and, and Wi-Fi. All these are basically waves.
it's, it's all sound vibrations and we have devices that pick up on these uh, frequencies these vibrations and give us an image on the screen and that's basically what these devices are doing these devices are an analogy of our mind it's the screen it shows an image and then you have a mouse and a keyboard and whatever input devices it's, it's the human body everything is based on the human body it's just an extension all these tools everything is just an extension of our own senses all right um, nevertheless the final detector of all images is invariably the human eye and whatever means is used to transmit and control the light the final image must either be produced simultaneously or scanned so rapidly that the observer's persistence of vision will give him the mental impression of a complete sorry of a complete image covering a finite field of view for this to be effective the image must be repeated as in motion pictures or scanned as in television at least 40 times a second to eliminate flicker or or any appearance of intermittency yeah it's like if you hold your hand in front of your face and just shake it it's blurred right because our eyes are 24 frames per second 23.97 or something like that but but yeah it's because our our eyes or our brain or whatever our sensor doesn't process it in let's say 60 frames a second or 120 frames a second like some of the newer monitors do or phones and and that just shows you our own hardware how it works it's literally 24 frames a second that's why we do that that's what they did in um in all that's what we figured out to make sure when we play a movie back in the day on the film it was 24 frames a second so that the motion would seem natural that's the closest to human eye natural feel and anything slower than that you've seen the old black and white movies they look choppy or yeah so <clears throat> it's it's uh, interesting what our head is it's it's like an input device and an output device historical background to the ancients the processes of image formation were full of mystery indeed for a long time there were there was a great discussion as to whether in vision something moved from the object to the eye or whether something reached out from the eye to the object by the beginning of the 17th century however however it was known that rays of light travel in straight lines and in 1604 Johann Kepler a German astronomer published a book on optics in which he postulated that an extended object could be regarded as a multitude of separate points, each point emitting rays of light in all directions. Some of these rays would enter a lens by which they would be bent around and made to converge to a point, the image of the object point whence the rays originated. The lens of the eye was not different from other lenses and it formed an image of external objects on the retina producing the sensation of vision
I mean, even even let's say when you're just barely squinting your eyes, you see all this shit in front of you. Or like what what are those called the the little wormy thingies that you see in the corner of your eyes all the time. All right. Um, where were we? There are two main types of image to be considered, real and virtual. A real image is formed outside the system where the emerging rays actually cross. Such an image, such an image can be caught on a screen or piece of film and is the kind of image formed by a slide projector or in a camera. A virtual image, on the other hand, is formed inside an instrument at the point where diverging rays would cross if they were extended backward into the instrument. Such an image is formed in a microscope or telescope and can be seen by looking into the eyepiece. Kepler's concept of an image as being formed by the crossing of rays was limited in that it took no account of possible unsharpness caused by aberrations, diffraction, or even defocusing. For all uh, my photographers and um, anyone involved with, you know, cameras, we all know... um, why a good lens is expensive. <laughs> in 1957, the Italian physicist Vasco Ranchi, hmm, interesting name, R O N C H I, Ranchi, Ronchi, Vasco Ronchi, went the other way and defined an image as any recognizable non uniformity in the light distribution over a surface such as a screen or film. The sharper the image, the greater the degree of non-uniformity. Today, the concept of an image often departs from Kepler's idea that an extended object can be regarded as innumerable separate points of light, and it is sometimes more convenient to regard an image as being composed of overlapping patterns of varying frequencies and contrasts. Hence, the quality of a lens can be expressed by a graph connecting the spatial frequency of a parallel line object with the contrast in the image. This concept is investigated for fully under optics and information theory below. All this, sh- all this shit is like just crazy, man. Just the shit we had to do to figure out stuff to come to to get to where we are, man. It's fucking crazy, dude. Optics had progressed rapidly by the early years of the 19th century. Lenses of moderately good quality were being made for telescopes and microscopes, and in 1841, the great mathematician Carl Friedrich Gauss published his classical book on geometrical optics. Although I will say, I think the Egyptians and all these ancient temple places, they were already using... Uh, the power of light, I think, with their own types of lenses and whatnot, using using solar energy. But anyways, optics had okay. 
In it, he expounded the concept of the focal length and cardinal points of a lens system and developed formulas for calculating the position and size of the image formed by a lens of given focal length. Between 1852 and 1856, Gauss's theory was extended to the calculation of the five principal aberrations of a lens, thus laying the foundation for the formal procedures of lens design that were used for the next 100 years. Since about 1960, however, lens design has been almost entirely computerized, and the old methods of designing lenses by hand on the desk calculator are rapidly disappearing. It'll all come back. We're going to go back to riding horses. Watch. By the end of the 19th century, numerous other workers had entered the field of geometrical optics, notably an English physicist, Lord Rayleigh, uh, and a German physicist, Ernst Karl Abbe. It is impossible to list all their accomplishments here. Since 1940, there has been a great resurgence in optics on the basis of information and communication theory, which is treated at length below. Alright, now the good shit. Light rays, waves, and wavelets. A single point of light, which may be a point in an extended object, emits light in the form of a continually expanding train of waves, spherical in shape and centered about the point of light. It is, however, often much more convenient to regard an object point as emitting fans of rays, the rays being straight lines everywhere perpendicular to the waves. It's all vortex, man. Straight line vortex. When the light beam is refracted by a lens or reflected by a mirror, the curvature of the waves is changed, and the angular divergence of the ray bundle is similarly changed in such a way that the rays remain everywhere perpendicular to the waves. When aberrations are present, a convergent ray bundle does not shrink. A convergent ray bundle does not shrink to a perfect point, and the emerging waves are then not truly sp spherical. Hmm, interesting. In 1690, Christian Huygens, a Dutch scientist, postulated that a light wave progresses because each point in it becomes the center of a little wavelet traveling outward in all directions at the speed of light, each new wave being merely the envelope of all these expanding wavelets. When the wavelets reach the region outside the outermost rays of the light beam, they destroy each other by mutual interference wherever a crust of one wavelet falls upon a trough of another wavelet. Yeah, sounds kind of like water also, huh? Ripples. Yeah. It's, it's all sound, vibration, ripples, waves. It's, it's... If you want to know how energy works, I think you need to observe water. Because water is like the best thing that can show the different states of this type of energy, I think. Alright. Um, when the wavelets reach the region outside the 
Okay, hence, in effect, no waves or wavelets are allowed to exist outside the geometrical light beam defined by the rays. The normal destruction of one wavelet by another, which serves to restrict the light energy to the region of the rectilinear ray paths, however, breaks down when the light beam strikes an opaque edge, for the edge then cuts off some of the interfering wavelets, allowing others to exist, which diverge slightly into the shadow area. This phenomenon is called diffraction, and it gives rise to a complicated fine structure at the edges of shadows and in optical images. <clears throat> I mean, if you look at if you look at light as like you know when you see a light beam coming through the window and there's some dust in the air and you can see the dust particles move it's like think of that in water it's the same thing it, it just it just acts it behaves differently because when light enters water it diffracts so when light enters human body which is 70 percent water is diffracting so it's it's in a different state of vibration when it when it enters our body versus when it's outside our body so um i heard somewhere once that light is like the blueprints coming from the sun which interact with matter which is chaos it's just it's just chaos is it's not negative it just means it's all there the soup the ingredients all there and with the help of light which is vibration it gives matter structure but then we're starting to see that some places where light doesn't even get to like the bottom of the ocean there's still life next to these underwater volcano vents so then I'm assuming okay so then if these fuckers don't need light they need some sort of vibration at least <clears throat> to be able to exist down there because apparently there's no oxygen the temperature is all off the charts for anything to live but there's still life down there so then I'm obviously assuming then then it has to be they're living off of some type of vibration which is being called caused by the volcano vent alright another great example of the mind in my opinion is the pinhole camera an excellent example of the working of the wavelet theory is found in the well-known pinhole camera. If the pinhole is large, the diverging geometrical pencil of rays leads to a blurred image because each point in the object will be projected as a finite circular patch of light on the film. It's like the old, old uh, film movies we used to watch in the theater, sometimes on the top left or right screen there would be those giant circle like blotches yeah um the as a finite circular patch of light on the film the spreading of the light at the boundary of a large pinhole by diffraction is slight the spreading of the light at the boundary of a large pinhole by diffraction is slight if the pinhole is made extremely small however the geometrical patch then becomes small, but the diffraction spreading is now great, leading once more to a blurred picture. There are thus two opposing 
there are thus two opposing effects present and at the optimum whole size the two effects are just equal eclipse motherfucker when we have an eclipse okay <laughs> it's showing us God is looking through the pinhole camera well that's uh, that's the eye in the sky okay anyways this occurs when the whole diameter is equal to the square root of twice the wavelength times the distance between the pinhole and the film that is for distance equals 100 millimeters and time and and the wave wavelength equals 0.005 millimeters the optimum whole size becomes 0.32 millimeters this is not very exact and a 0.4 millimeter hole would probably be just as good in practice a pinhole like a camera lens can be regarded as having an f number f stop aperture which is the ratio of focal length to aperture in this example the f number is 100 over 0.32 which gives us 310 designated as f310 modern camera lenses have much greater apertures in order to achieve light gathering power of around f 1.2 to f 5.6 oh, we have even lower now we got f, f 0.95 too resolution and the airy disk okay so with the the for people who use cameras we know that the lower the f-stop the <coughs> smaller the the opening in the camera lens so the okay no it's flipped with aperture is flipped so the lower the f-stop the bigger the hole bigger the aperture is open so that meaning more things are in focus versus when you when you uh, turn when you turn the aperture all the way up to whatever your lens capacity is 1.5 or 1.2 1.8 2 2.0 whatever it is the f-stop that is um, basically opening up yeah when the f-stop is at the so like let's say if it's a 1.8 lens and you have the f-stop at 1.8 that means you have opened up I believe that means you have opened up the aperture all the way so you can receive more light but that decreases your uh, focus range because the because the the focal length now is much shorter because you're focusing on a point rather than you know the whole area so your picture will look nice but everything else will be blurred out and yeah I mean it, it honestly I think it's kind of overdone nowadays but that's okay resolution and the airy disc when a well-corrected lens is used in place of a pinhole, the geometrical ray divergence is eliminated by the, by the focusing action of the lens, and a much larger aperture may be employed. In that case, the, in that case, the diffraction spreading becomes small indeed. The image of a point formed by a perfect lens is a minute pattern of concentric and progressively fainter rings of light surrounding a central dot the whole structure being called 
the airy disk after George Biddle Airy, an English astronomer who first explained the phenomena in 1834. The airy disk of a practical lens is small, its diameter being approximately equal to the f number of the lens expressed in micron, 0.001 millimeter. The airy disk of an of an f 4.5 lens is therefore about 0.0045 millimeters in diameter, 10 times the wavelength of blue light. Hmm. Nevertheless, the airy disk formed by a telescope or microscope objective can be readily seen with a bright point source of light in a if a sufficiently high eyepiece magnification is used. Alright, I'm going to jump to... Um, reflection and Refraction. Well, let me see what this says. Reflection. The use of polished mirrors for reflecting light has been known for thousands of years, and concave mirrors have long been used to form real images of distant objects. Indeed, Isaac Newton greatly preferred the use of a mirror as a telescope objective to the poor quality lenses available in his time. Because there is no limit to the possible size of a mirror, all large telescopes today are of this type. Hmm. When the ray of light is reflected at a polished surface, the angle of reflection between ray and normal is exactly equal to the angle of incidence. The line at right angles to the surface. Okay. It can be seen that a convex mirror forms a virtual image of a distant object whereas a concave mirror forms a real image. A plain mirror forms a virtual image of near objects, as in the familiar looking glass. Plain mirrors are often used in instruments to bend a beam of light into a different direction. Hmm. The law of refraction. When a, light, when a ray of light meets the surface of separation between two transparent media, it is sharply bent or refracted. Because rays are really only directions and have no physical existence, the passage, of, the passage of light waves through a surface must be considered if refraction is to be understood. Refraction effects are based on the fact that light travels more slowly in a denser medium. The ratio... Yeah, light travels more slowly in a denser medium, but sound travels faster. The ratio of the velocity of light in air to its velocity in the medium is called the refractive index of the medium for light of a particular color or wavelength. The refractive index is higher for blue light than for light at the red end of the spectrum. Yeah, blue light is uh, way more, has way more, uh, the wavelengths are way shorter, so it's lot higher energy versus I think green is the lowest in figure one okay it's no point reading this because you can't see the image um, hmm. okay let me see
The cost of opt optical glass varies considerably depending on the type of glass, the precision with which the optical properties are maintained, the freedom from internal striae and strain, the number of bubbles, and the color of the glass. Many common types of optical glass are now available in quite large pieces, but as the specifications of the glass become more stringent, the cost rises and the range of available sizes becomes limited. In a small lens such a microscope objective or a telescope eyepiece, the cost of the glass is insignificant, but in large lenses in which every millimeter of thickness may represent an additional pound in weight, the cost of glass can be very high indeed. Lenses can be molded successfully of various types of plastic material, polymethyl methacrylate being the most usual. Even, even multi-element plastic lenses have been manufactured for low-cost cameras, the negative, meaning concave, elements being made of a high dispersion plastic such as styrene. Holy shit, hold up. So concave over here is negative. There you go. I'd rather use this method, the uh, term then, concave, having an outline or surface that curves inward like the interior of a circle or sphere. Guess why concave can work for um, the feminine aspect because it's it curves inward like the interior of a circular circle or sphere. Latin, it comes from the origin of Latin, con meaning together, cavus meaning hollow. <laughs> Concavus, concave, meaning together and hollow. Hmm, what does that mean? Light traveling through a black hole, light traveling through the umbilical cord, light traveling through, <laughs> it's all, you can anthrop anthropomorphize, anthropomorphize the human, you can, you can make sense of everything using the human body, and just using the human as an example, okay, um, Total internal reflection. When a ray of light emerges obliquely from glass into air, the angle of refraction between ray and normal is greater than the angle of incidence inside the glass, and at a sufficiently high obliquity, the angle of refraction can actually reach 90 degrees. Damn. In this case, the emerging ray travels along the glass surface, and the, the sign of the angle of incidence inside the glass known as the critical angle is then equal to the recipro reciprocal of the refractive index of the material. See I wish somebody would just <laughs> at angles of incidence greater than the critical angle the ray never emerges and total internal reflection occurs for there is no measurable loss if the glass surface is perfectly clean. Dirt or dust on the surface can cause a small loss of energy by scattering some light into the air. If you just think of light as a beam of vibrations and whatever, however many layers you put in front of it, it will disperse the energy, you know, 
based on what the material is. Yeah, and and let's say if it if light travels not in a straight line. Well, it looks straight to us from our eyes, but I mean I'm saying when if let's say one day when we can get down to even I think it it works as a, a spiral as as a vortex. It's like everything that moves forward in this realm has a circular mo motion to it. Even when you fucking piss, it comes out straight because your hole is not a circle. It's it's straight. It's a straight line. It comes out straight because it comes out straight. It has a it has a uh, a form. It has a shape to it. So it comes out straight because it comes out straight. So the first closest to it comes out straight and then the moment it comes out it turns uh, horizontal and then after that it turns straight again so you can see just in your own when you piss yourself you when you're pissing you can see the the stream of piss coming out forward motion then you see it starts to to spin even in soccer man you look at how uh, especially with Ronaldo, his 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 uh, free kicks, the he he the way he kicks it, he makes the ball spin a certain way so that it dips, right, or so that it buckles. It it when he kicks it at first, it buckles through the air, so the goalie doesn't know which way it's going because literally it's going left and right, and then right at the end it dips. This is the same. This is the same way um, anything that moves forward works, I think. It's, it, it's working. It's moving in a circular direction. And I think light is doing the same thing. And I think also volcanoes are doing the same thing. Anything that moves, that, any motion, forward motion, upward motion, it all has to, I think, it has to um, work it circularly okay anyways light is totally internally reflected in many types of reflecting prism and in fiber optics in which long fibers of high index glass clad with a thin layer of lower index glass are assembled side by side in precise order okay I'm saying this because let's say let's take the rainbow for example it's literally light uh, hitting water at a certain angle that produces the rainbow so it's the combination of water and light at the metaphysical level it's it's, it's just vibrations really um, and they produce a fucking rainbow what the fuck is a rainbow it's 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 the it's the light being split up to show its different frequencies of vibration that come off as different colors now when you look at humans why the fuck would it not be the same if everything else is being affected by light energy whatever you want to call it, vibrations and it's physically manifesting on the outside as I don't know whatever then yeah 
there you go. There's there's a reason why certain things happen certain ways. We just haven't observed it in the right way to make sense of it. The light admitted into one end of each fiber is transmitted along it without loss by thousands of successive internal reflections at the interlayer between the glass and the cladding. Yeah, this is like for our Ethernet cables nowadays, the fiber wires, internet, they're literally sending, they're literally using light as information and sending it through these glass wires. Literally. Hence, an image projected upon one end of the bundle will be dissected and transmitted to the other end, where it can be examined through a magnifier or, or photographed. Many modern medical instruments such as cystoscopes and bronchoscopes depend for their action on this principle. Single thick fibers, actually glass rods, are sometimes used to transmit light around corners to an otherwise inaccessible location. And all, I, I'm saying all this technology is getting more. Um, they're they're making it. They are. I think we'll get to. It. I think we'll definitely get to it. What if when light goes through a prism, which is a triangular object? I mean, you know, the classic, um, uh, what's that band now? Of course, I'm gonna forget its name now. Fucking Pink Floyd with the pyramid or with the prism and the light going through and showing the seven colors. It's like, I think the triangle, the pyramids, volcanoes, how light works, um, sound all this shit I think it's trying to show us how literally the the universe works I mean if you look at a volcano you can find all these things but really the you can find a triangle you can find a circle on the t on the top of crater you can find sound you can find light it's all you can find gases you can find chemicals well light as in like fire not you know sunlight okay um let's see all right paraxial or first order imagery hmm no I'm not gonna this is all Okay, let me see. Hmm. Optical systems, mirrors.
Optical system, system components. An optical system consists of a succession of elements which may include lenses, mirrors, light sources, detectors, projection screens, reflecting prisms, dispersing devices, filters, and thin films, and fiber optics bundles. All optical systems have an aperture stop somewhere in the system to limit the diameter of the beams of light passing through the system from an object point. Yeah, it's like your pupil. So just think of a lens, aperture of a lens as your eye's pupil. As your pupils dilate, you receive more light. As they close, you block out more light. Or literally, when you squint, you close your eyes to, to block out light. Sorry. Um, by analogy with the human eye, this limiting aperture stop is called the iris of the system. Its image, its images in the object and image spaces being called the entrance pupil and exit pupil, respectively. Interesting how back in the day, students used to be called pupils. Because you came out, came in the school door and you left out the school door. By the time you were done, they taught they brainwashed you put all the images they wanted in your head and then they put a square on your top on the top of your head and say all right your brain has been prepared <laughs> in most photographic lenses the iris is inside the objective and it is often adjustable in diameter to control the image illumination and the depth of field in telescope and microscope systems, the cylindrical mount of the object lens is generally the limiting, the limiting aperture or iris of the system. Its image formed behind the eyepiece where the observer's eye must be located to see the whole area being observed called the field is then the exit pupil. The pupils of a lens system can be regarded as the common bases of oblique beams passing through the system from all points in an extended object. In most systems, however, the mounts of some of the lens elements cut into the oblique beams and prevent the beams from being perfectly circular, and the pupils are then not fully filled with light. This effect is known as vignetting and leads to a reduction in illumination in the other outer parts of the field of view. Hmm. Mirrors are frequently used in optical systems. You ever make one of those, uh, I think it's called a periscope. When you was a kid, you just needed two mirrors and some cardboard and some tape and you, anyways. Plain mirrors may be employed to bend a beam of light in another direction, either for convenience or to yield an image reversed left for right if required. Curved mirrors, concave and convex, may be used in place of lenses as image-forming elements in reflecting telescopes. I mean, DSLRs are basically doing the same shit, man. They're still using <laughs> mirrors, literally. What if between our two hemispheres there is a mirror which we call the pineal gland and it is that mirror we are speaking to when we look at ourselves in a mirror and go mirror mirror on the wall. 
What if the pineal gland is a portal, a mirror to to the other side? I mean, in movies, that's what they use mirrors for a lot to basically look into the other side. Even shamans l use mirrors to look into the other side. Something to do with bicameral mind, reflection, symmetry, um, true romance, uh, Elvis, and the mirror, the self. It's it's the mind talking to itself, maybe, or when the two hemispheres are. being used together I mean your two eyes are your two eyes have different focus lengths and by using both together is is it is when is how you can uh, determine depth because one is shorter one is longer try catching shit with just one eye open like toss something up and try catching it it's harder because you have no depth you have no depth uh, because you're using one eyeball with a fixed. Okay. Telescope mirrors are commonly made parabolic or hyperbolic in section to correct the aberrations of the image. Originally, telescope mirrors were made from polished speculum metal, an alloy of copper and tin, but in 1856, Justice von Justus, Justus, Justus von Liebig, Liebig, a German chemist invented a process for forming a mirror-like layer of silver on polished glass which was applied to telescope mirrors by the German astronomer C.A. von Steinheil. Today most mirrors are made of glass coated with either a chemically deposited silver layer or more often one by one made by depositing vaporized aluminum on the surface. The aluminum surface is as highly reflect reflective as silver and does not tarnish as readily. A large astronomical mirror presents many problems to the optical engineer, mainly because even a distortion of a few microns of the mirror under its own weight will cause an intolerable Blurring of the image. I mean, even when you talk, you're, you're, even when you talk, the air coming out of your mouth is flowing in a circular motion. It's a torus. It's a toric vortex coming out of your voice. Is that's what I'm saying? Everything. If we could see the way kinetic energy moves. You would see how circularly it moves. And that is what I think psychedelics do. Is they help you see all these different vibrations. It, it helps you see sound. It helps you um, your, 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 your head is a fucking sense detecting machine. Sound, light, taste. Then you have your body and hands for touch, and and your nose for smell. It's it's all. <sighs> Anyways, when you get it, you get it. You when you understand what you are inside this, and what you are, then you understand what light is. 
you're a piece of light in the body that's this it's as long as your heart beats you're gonna stay in this body unless you know there's a soul loss or you know you're in a coma because then it's gone somewhere else unless you're in a mental hospital it's like this the arabic saying be kind to them because their soul is in with god in heaven something man something is keeping your consciousness inside you which i think is your heart or i don't think you're i don't think we as an individual really exist i mean because honestly without our memory we are nobody we're, we're not an individual to be an individual you have to be different and stand out from other people meaning you are your own being but without memory <laughs> without memory what what are you we're just i think i view it like you know on on the bed when the blanket or the sheet has all these folds that's all we are we are that fold in that space in that certain unique fold and we're holding that space which is our body our body is a physical avatar suit that can be present in this time and space which we call earth and once we're gone once you straighten out that fold where'd you go <laughs> where'd you go um okay let me I'll end over I'll end with okay a large astronomical mirror okay though many schemes for supporting a mirror without strain have been tried including one to support it on a bag of compressed air the problem of completely eliminating mirror distortion remains unsolved a metal mirror, if well ribbed on the back, may be lighter than a glass mirror, and therefore easier to handle, but most metals are slightly flexible and require just as careful support as glass mirrors, since temperature changes can also cause serious distortion in the mirror. Astronomers try to hold observatory temperatures at constant, as constant as possible. Light sources. Many types of optical instruments form images by natural light, but some, such as microscopes and projectors, require a source of artificial light. Okay, that's... Huh. Tungsten filament lamps are the most common, but if a very bright source is required, a carbon... Okay, blah, blah, blah. It's crazy, man. The 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 number of like uses we have from just understanding how light works, man. Fucking crazy. Mm. All right, I'll just read this part. Hmm. Detectors. The image formed by an optical system is usually received by the eye, which is a remarkable, remarkably adaptable 
and sensitive detector of radiation within the visible region of the, of the electromagnetic spectrum. A photographic film, another widely used detector, has the advantage of yielding a permanent record of events. Since about 1925, many types of electrical detectors of radiation, both within the visible region and beyond it, have been developed. Okay, f so when I, when, when I look at the human body for things that help with detecting stuff, is hairs. Our ears have these fine hairs that, that keep us, our body in balance. Our nose has hair to to, to to detect stuff, to trap stuff. Our eyes, our eyelids have hair. We have hair on our body. What is hair? It's spirals. They're trees. To receive to receive energy, sensation, vibration. When you get goosebumps, your hair stands up. Why? Because you felt a certain vibration of energy. And your hair is standing up to whatever the reason is standing up. It's these spirals have these spirals are detectors of sound waves of vibration or something hairs and it's like those 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 uh, electric crystal balls which if you touch your hair stands up yeah because we are uh we are conductors and observers. We we feel, we interpret, and then we act on it. We're part of the system and also sovereign beings to, you know... Okay. Where was I? Okay, these include photoelectric cells of various kinds in which either a voltage or a resistance is modified by light falling on the device. Many new types of detectors are sensitive far into the infrared spectrum and are used to detect the heat radiated by a flame or other hot object. A number of, in, a number of image intensifiers and converters, particu particularly for X-ray or infrared radiation, which have appeared since World War II embody a radiation detector at one end of a vacuum tube and an electron lens inside the tube to relay the image onto a phosphor screen at the other end. This arrangement produces a visible picture that may be observed by eye or photograph. Okay. Television camera tubes detect real images by electronic scanning the picture on the viewing tube being a replica of the image on the original camera. I mean, this is all old stuff, though. I mean, this is, like, still talking about analog, isn't it? Or is this digital? The combined application of electronics and optics has become common. An extreme example of electro-optics appears in some space it appears in some space cameras in which the film is exposed, processed, and then scanned by a tiny point of light. The light passing through the film is picked up by a photocell and transmitted to Earth by radio, where it is made to control the brightness of another point of light, scanning a second piece of film in exact synchronism with the scanning spot in the camera. The whole system thus produces 
a picture on Earth that is an exact replica of the picture photographed in space a few minutes earlier. Also, why are lenses circular? Why don't we have square lenses? Because light travels in a circular motion, I think. You're saying light travels in a straight line? I don't know, man. Everything in this universe travels in circular motion, man. Even Einstein said, when light gets close enough to a fucking black hole, it will bend. <laughs> it's got to move in circular it's it has to be moving circularly dude i mean look at look at snowflakes man they're they're literally um physical manifestations of of this vibration literally these snowflakes are showing you uh tiny particles pieces of these vibrations um turned into matter and they fall down on earth as snow and melt and becomes water it's, it's literally just <laughs> it's crazy it's magic i don't know how else you would call it i mean if we didn't have all this science if we didn't have all this technology to understand some of this shit we would still be calling all this shit magic <sighs> all right reflecting prisms Reflecting prisms are pieces of glass bounded by plane surfaces set at carefully specified angles. Some of, and also, a triangle is the strongest um, form. Form is the strongest shape in nature. Apparently, all the all these places that have a triangular structure, like teepees, yurts, pyramids. I don't know. Pretty strong. Some of these surfaces transmit light. Some reflect light, while some serve both functions in succession. A prism is thus an assembly of plane reflectors at relatively fixed angles, which are traversed in succession by a beam of light. The simplest prism is a triangular block of glass with two faces at right angles and one at the angle of 45. The face at 45 deflects a beam of light through a right angle. The common poro prism used in a pair of binoculars contains four 45 degree reflecting surfaces, two to reverse the beam direction in the vertical plane and two in the horizontal plane. That's a cross right there. A poro prism. I look this shit up. Hmm. These reflecting faces could be replaced by pieces of mirror mounted on a metal frame, but it is hard to hold mirrors rigidly and harder still to keep them clean. Some microscopes are equipped with a 45 degree deflection prism behind the eyepiece. This prism may provide two or three refle reflections depending on the type of image, inversion, or left for right reversal required. Prisms containing a semi-reflecting, semi-transmitting surface are known as beam splitters and as such have many, many uses. 
An important application is found in some color television cameras in which the light from the lens is divided by two beam splitters in succession to form red, green, and blue images on the faces of three image tubes in the camera. Hmm. Well, let me see. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, light. I think it works as a... Like when you light a candle, the light going... The light going out, lighting the room, let's say, is working as a circle, I think. So the candle being in the middle and the light it, and the light it is emitting is is going off as a circle if you just look at it as like candle in the middle and then the light and the image a big bubble around the light or the room i think that's how light works from the center it just goes outwards omnidirectional that's what it is but if you do focus it it can look straight so it's basically like the the fur the the more you open up the aperture, let's say, let's say the sun is the light source, and the more you open up the aperture, so the it's like those flashlights, the ones where you move the the front piece up or down, and it it focuses the light. Basically, uh, you push it, you pull it back, and it opens it up more, so it's a bigger circular. Um, projection of the light versus you move it up it's narrower so it's more focused so then you can ask well then what the fuck is light then it's just a point of it's, it's a point in space where this energy is being able to manifest itself in this in this form that we call light versus you could take the same type of energy change the frequency and now you can call it just now our eyes won't maybe won't pick it up as light but uh, it's just sound now our ears are picking it up you see it's, it's just a different frequency it's like it's the same energy just in a different frequency and I'm saying our hearts beating it's using the same energy in a different frequency for our bodies for for it to be able to be held in our bodies you know but it, but i think it's the same energy and this is what i think all these mystics and alan watts and all these people mean when they say like you know you you are you're not the drop you are the ocean you um you are the universe observing itself through the aperture of your eye which is you it's I don't know how to put it, but it's, but it's like when you look up at the night sky, you're looking up at the backside of your head. Let's say the the you're looking at the insides of you projected outwards, and psychedelics and all this shit. 
is what helps you go inwards so that once you realize what once you realize who you are know thyself it's in, in Genesis it said and Adam knew his wife it's like meaning knowing meaning you gotta know inside out what you are then you'll know it's as within so without as above so below it's macrocosm microcosm it's it's light reflecting man peace